Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. Alright, here we go. If a man is taking Viagra, he has ED. Viagra does not take away ED. It's like if you have diabetes and you take medication, it doesn't mean you don't have diabetes. You're just covering up the root cause of the problem. The clitoris is, is an analogy of the penis, and the clitoris for a woman is made for purely pleasure. It is the only organ that you have that is for pleasure. It has no other function other than pleasure. What percentage of men are experiencing sexual dysfunction? In a study that was done in 1994, it shows that men between the age of 50 to 70, 50% of them have ED. That was in 1994, and we know that COVID, if you have COVID, it, it actually predisposes men to for ED. COVID is inflammatory to the blood, lining of the blood vessel. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. It is another great Saturday and I am really, really looking forward to today's guest. You know my goal is to normalize all things sexual and remove stigmas and silence surrounding the topic. My guest today feels the same and she is committed to breaking taboos around sexual health and empowering people to discuss their sexual health concerns openly. Dr. Anne Truong is a renowned medical doctor with over 25 years of experience in anti-aging and biological cellular medicine. She's a board-certified expert in intimate health and has gained a reputation as an innovative leader in the field of biologics, regenerative medicine. Dr. Truong is the best-selling author, podcaster, and course creator, and has taught doctors worldwide about the use of stem cells for sexuality, aesthetics, and pain management. Dr. Truong, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. I cannot wait to dive into this subject. But first, I just kind of want to know a little bit about your background and what drew you to this area of medicine and what kind of makes you so passionate about sexual health. Great question. Part of it is also selfish. I'm in my late 50s, and I started experiencing changes in my intimacy around maybe late 40s. And that's when I started having early menopause, and I was busy working, and it was just not enjoyable as it used to be. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm late 40s, and I'm entering into menopause. And then, you know, my husband was having some issues with ED as well. And at that time, I was already doing stem cell therapy for pain. 
and I'm like, well, you know, if I can inject themselves and doing hormone replacement therapy for pain and in the joints, I can certainly inject themselves to rejuvenate the tissue into the sexual organ. And I started out like that. And my husband was the first patient where I did stem cell therapy into the penis and were able to revitalize the tissue. And we also did testosterone hormone replacement therapy, which is through injections and, and not into the penis, but, you know, to the skin and also the palate and then something called shockwave therapy. So what my past was that, you know, I already had experience in treating a joint pain for using stem cell. I just kind of transferred that into, you know what, let's put this into the sexual organs. It would work the same way because at that time I was having some you know issues myself and I was having vaginal dryness. I, it was, my libido was not great and, and we were both working and we just, you know, weren't having intimacy as often as we should. And uh, we found out that, hey, you know, if you do the stem cell treatment and the hormones and all this, everything thought to be revived, you're back to your sexual vitality like you were like in your 30s. I would say the 20s. The 30s when you're more, in, you're more mature, you know what you want, you know your body. That's when you're cooking with gas, Dr. Truong. That's really when I think, that's when I feel like it kind of comes together. <laughs> Absolutely. So when I think of sexual dysfunction, you know, especially with a man, you know, I think about a man who can't get an erection or, you know, or a woman who can't orgasm. And I realize that's probably a very umbrella generic kind of way to think about it. What, what is the actual definition of sexual dysfunction? Sexual dysfunction actually has the broad definition. And for a man, for definition of uh, erectile dysfunction is the inability for the man to have enjoyable sexual experience or inability for man to be able to penetrate to have a sexual experience. So that means that it could mean that a man with ED can still have an erection, but it just takes longer to get an erection. Or he can get a great erection but then it may get less firm as he go during the sexual experience or that he can have a great erection that leads to penetration and then during penetration become less firm all the way to no erection at all. And if a man is taking Viagra, he has ED. Viagra does not take away ED. It's like if you have diabetes and you take medication, it doesn't mean you're not, you don't have diabetes you're just covering up the root cause of the problem. And we can dive into why Viagra actually make your ED worse later. Because I know that that is a very common thing that a lot of men do, that it's almost like they take Viagra, like as if it's candy, but Viagra has a lot of serious side effects, such as raising your blood pressure, headaches, turning your face red, and uh, sinus pressure as well. And so, well, I can dive into that, but if men, if you're listening to, and women, you listen to this and you know that your guys are taking Viagra, stop it because taking Viagra is almost like taking opioid pain medication for pain and it cover up the root cause of the problem and your ED will actually get worse in the long run. And back to your original question for women, sexual dysfunction is a broad category that involves 
whether she's lubricated or not. Unfortunately for women, we don't have a penis to know that, hey, you know, is it firm? Is it not? Is it erect or not? You know, a female penis is a clitoris. A female is a clitoris, right? And the clitoris is beyond just that little nub that you see on top of your vagina. The clitoris is actually four inches long. It, it actually fans out to look like a wishbone. And it go down to your your lips or the labia minora, and actually that's a very erogenous central area. So just not a knob, but the clitoris is is an analogy of the penis, and the clitoris for a woman is made for purely pleasure. It is the only organ that you have that is for pleasure. It has no other function other than pleasure. Versus a man's penis, it can be used as a sexual function, but also be used where he urinate, right? And also be used where he can ejaculate semen. So it's three functions for a man. It's only one function for a woman, purely pleasure. I, I mean, when I say that to a woman, they're like, what? I only have a, an organ that's for purely pleasure? Absolutely. Use it to the max. You don't use it, you lose it. So for a woman with sexual dysfunction, it could range from being less lubricated. Uh, like if you were younger, you were able to get an orgasm. It takes you longer to get an orgasm now. Or that it's harder to get orgasm. Or the orgasm is not as intense as it was. And it's all due to blood flow and and lubrication. Yeah, I've noticed that just myself where it used to be really easy once I had my first orgasm, the rest would kind of, it was like opening the floodgates, you know, I didn't have to work as hard for the ones behind it. And now I feel like I have to work hard for everyone. (laughs) But I mean, I'm happy, I'm happy I have them. But you know, it's like, uh. The, the multiples, they don't roll in as easy as they used to. So I'm sort of starting. <laughs> well, it's all due to blood flow. You know, how a man get an erection is due to the gush of blood that comes from the heart that goes down to the penis and the penis muscle have to relax and the blood vessels in the penis have to enlarge so that way it can accommodate the blood flow. It's almost like opening up the gate for the dam. Well, a woman has the same thing too. You still have to have increased blood flow in there. When you have increased blood flow to the clitoris or increased blood flow to the vagina, that's what brings in the sensitivity more sensitive, more sensitive, more pressure, and more orgasm. But for a woman, it starts actually around uh, late 30s, mid 30s, some even earlier. And if a woman have a hysterectomy and her ovary taken out, it it starts literally within six months after operation. You don't feel it. So I see a lot of women that has had a hysterectomy and, you know, they feel crappy a year later, and they don't realize that that's really due to the hormones drop from, you know, well, hysterectomy can just take the uterus out alone or leave the ovaries, and the ovaries still secrete hormones. But sometimes we do see that even after a hysterectomy, where the uterus removed, the ovaries still intact, the hormone level is also drop as well. And for women, the hormones start to drop around uh, mid to late 30s. For men, at the same age. So it starts to drop 1% a year after the age of 35. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. 
send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. So what about for men? I've experienced this where it seems like a guy, they get good blood flow and everything is bumping along, but they can't get over the hump and they can't have an orgasm. Is that part of kind of an ED? That's also ED. Uh, It's also part of the ED as well. If they can't get an an orgasm, oftentimes is that, you know, the brain is a larger sexual organ. If the brain is not free flowing, it's not relaxed, it's not in a state of arousal, it's not in a state of excitement, it actually blocks that messenger down. I hope if someone's in bed with me that they are in that state. (laughs) Believe it or not, how how often, let me ask you, how often are you in the heat of things and you're thinking about what you're doing tomorrow? You're thinking about the next day. (laughs) Totally. I do. I I do. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I probably. (laughs) I do try to be present and not be thinking about my to-do list. Like when I get it, like when this is all done, okay, as soon as this is over, I got to get back to my day, you know, type of thing. Right, right. So for a man, uh, the the reason why the man may be more sensitive to uh, blood flow is that the penis has uh, 40 times more blood flow when it's erect versus when it's not erect. So it's like a sponge that's like, you know, the size of a walnut and it enlarges to be the size of a, a grapefruit, uh, you know, 40 times. So it has, the man penis needs more blood flow and therefore the blood flow really starts where? From uh, the increases of the heart. But the heart is getting messages from the brain. So the brain is the largest sexual organ. And if your brain is not in the right place, then you may not get enough messengers that it's being released uh, as in hormones, as in nerve stimulation from your brain going down to the penis and to get an orgasm, the sense of orgasm, not so much ejaculation, the sense of orgasm, you really need the pelvic muscle, which are the muscle that is surrounding the scrotum and the muscle that goes down almost to the rectal area to be uh, excited as well and to be able to contract Yes. So, yeah, for the sensation, the orgasm, and not necessarily ejaculation, but, you know, at least the sensation of orgasm. So there's a lot of steps that need to start from the head all the way down to the penis and even involving the muscles that connect the scrotum area to the rectum. Okay. Well, that makes sense. What percentage of men are experiencing sexual dysfunction? Oh my God. So in a study that was done in 1994, 30 years ago, it showed that uh, men between the age of 50 to 70, 50% of them have ED. That was in 1994. And we know that COVID, if you have COVID, it it actually predisposes men to, uh, for ED, COVID is inflammatory to the blood, uh, lining of the blood vessels. So post-COVID 2023, I think that number will be a lot more. So what that equates to in 1994 is that at that time in 1994, 30 million men in the U.S. are living with ED. All right. So now in 2023, where I would assume that's probably double and that it, it, it is a global epidemic actually. They're projecting that by 2024, you're going to be looking at around at least 250 million men globally with ED. 
uh, at that time. So ED is very common. So if you're between the age of 50 to 70, 50 percent guys, 50 percent of your friends have ED. I'm thinking more 70 uh, percent of guys have ED because um, to get ED, there's a lot of things that contribute to ED, such things such as smoking, sleep. You're not getting enough sleep. If you're eating a poor diet, if you're, you know, my, my husband, you know, loves steak and French fries and uh, potatoes. But if, you, if you're eating a diet of high of carbohydrates and processed food, that will actually lead to ED because that leads to inflammation of the blood vessel lining, the endothelial uh, cell, and things such as stress, continuous stress or obesity. Well, we know that two-thirds of Americans are obese, so obesity will, will lead to ED because, of, again, inflammation to the blood vessel lining, diabetes, all right? high blood pressure, high cholesterol. All right? So when you have all those risk factors compounded upon age, then you have ED. So that's why ED is so common. Yeah. And what about, so what about the, what about the younger men? Because I, I know that I've been with guys that, you know, are younger than 50, a lot of, you know, generally. Oh, yeah. No, um, studies have shown that the men in their 20s and even have ED as well. And in the 20s, it's not so much high blood pressure or diabetes like that. It's real. At this time, it's probably porn, probably porn overuse and sleep or smoking or even vaping. Vaping is as bad as smoking. Also, you know, stress level, but most a combination of porn, vaping, a poor diet, uh, you know, poor diet full of, you know, uh, I have to say, you know, my, my son is 26, but he ordered Chipotle, he ordered Panera, he ordered Kentucky Fried Chicken. We could now with Uber Eats and, you know, DoorDash, right. you know, it's so easy yeah. to, to order those foods to go into your house. But what's it going to do for you in the long run? You see what I'm right. saying versus just eating at home. Uh, so the accessibility of fast food now is actually making it, it more for you, uh, for even contributing to the uh, poor diet as well. So for younger men, it's more of lifestyle decision, uh, like porn, uh, sleep, vaping, and diet. For older men, it's really more medical condition. Yeah. Can you briefly just, how is porn affecting, I mean, because obviously there's this whole generation now of, of men that have grown up with this just real, real easy access to porn. It's everywhere, you know, and guys are using it as it's readily available. What, what should they be concerned about, or maybe just kind of paying attention to as they move along and get a little bit older, what that maybe that's having a negative effect? Well, you know, porn is okay if you use it for, you know, one to two hours to get stimulated and to masturbate. I actually advise, you know, men to either have sex three times a week or you do solo uh, masturbation three times a week because I, because there's, the penis is a muscle and if you don't use it, you lose it. All right. So the penis muscle atrophy, that's how yeah. it's a vagina muscle. Okay, right. ladies, the vagina muscle atrophy too. So if you don't use the sexual organ muscle, then it's going to atrophy. Atrophy means that it's going to shrink. It's going to start having scar tissue. And when you're ready to have sex again, it's, it's going to be like, oh, my God, you know, I haven't been used in a while. It takes me right. time to get rev up, right? It's like, you have, it's like comparison. You haven't gone to the gym in a, like, a, uh, like six months and you're trying to do a shoulder press. You're not going to be as strong as you were, you know, six months ago. So the sexual organs, the same thing. So that's number one. And getting to answer your question about porn, 
and everything in moderation is okay. But when it's like porn starting to take over the guy's life where he can't go to meet his family or can't do social stuff because he spent time watching porn or like, you know, eight hours watching porn or he can't work because he's watching porn. He can't, he, he would skip meetings. He would skip, you know, social activity because he's watching porn. He rather stay home and watch porn. And that's the only way that he can get stimulated. But what happened is the brain is going to be, you know, the arousal. Uh, so there are five ways that you can get sensory stimulation to your brain, which is to touch, right? To what you see. This is how you get aroused, right? Touching what you see, what you smell, what you hear, and what you taste. So we have five senses that stimulate our brain to get aroused, to get excited, and therefore they release a, a bunch of hormones that cascade down to creating that arousal. Well, what happened is that if you're just using your sensory only because you, what you see, right, and what you hear, then that's what the brain get acclimated to. And if you spend excessive amount, and I say excessive amount, probably, you know, more than eight hours or so, but if it did become habitual, it did become every day, it become like the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, you turn it on and you watch the whole day. All right. Yeah. And so what happened is that your brain get desensitized where meaning that stimulation and arousal threshold is now raised. So that way you need more stimulation to get aroused. And that when you're with somebody, not with porn, when you're with somebody, the arousal uh, stimulation, such a touch and smell and, you know, taste and so forth, it's different than what you're used to because you're so used to just watching porn to get stimulated. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, you're, you're eating, you're eating a hamburger all the time and then you're trying to try like a, a chicken sandwich and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not sure I like the chicken. <laughs> so, right. it, you, yes. you, you know, you, your brain just get acclimated to what you're feeding it when you actually have a sexual encounter with a person. It, it's just a different sensory. So it's not like they have ED. It's just that the pathway is now different to arouse the brain. Again, back to the brain is a larger sexual organ. In order for you to really get your to, uh, arouse and in order to get your sexual activity going, starts with the brain. Start, starts in here. Oh, totally, totally agree. I don't think that gets enough actual play time or attention, you know, that that's really vital. And, you know, guys, you heard it here too. It's a use it or lose it thing. So we want to keep you know, let's use our sexual organs. <laughs> well, for women too, it's not for guys, you know, for women, you know, use it or lose it because you don't use it, you'll get lubricated down there. And you don't use it, you'll let, if you, because I, when you, the vagina area will less, it look less uh, red, less flush. You know, you look at it, it, look, it looks like wrinkles, it's saggy, and, and the skin just kind of kind of turn on it. It's, just, it's like, it's like, it's like a prune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a prune. Oh, yes. Oh my God. It's like a dried up prune. Yes. That's the last thing I yeah. want is a pruny vagina. I, you know what? I, you know, after I get off this podcast, I'm going to be running to the bathroom with a mirror being like, does it look 
pruning. <laughs> yes, yes, I tell you, I tell you, and I've seen a lot of penis in your vagina, and they, but it comes down to you don't use it, you lose it, right? So if you're not using it, you're not bringing the blood flow to the tissue. You're not bringing the blood flow to the tissue. The tissue is going to start atrophying. So when the muscle in the vagina starts to atrophy, it gets smaller, so then the skin starts folding on itself, right? That's how wrinkles happen. That's how wrinkles happen to your face when you get older because the muscles start to shrink down and the skin fold on itself. That's how you get wrinkles. Now, is that happening externally or internally? Internally. Okay, yeah. So that's a good that's a good way to think about it. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm so sad it has to end. Are you craving more content with me? Don't worry, I've got you covered. Go even deeper with me on my private podcast. You get four additional episodes a month published every Friday, revealing outtakes from my super private personal audio journal, things said after the show, but when I'm still recording, the inside scoop on who's been naughty and who's been naughtier, bombshells I've kept to myself this whole entire time, things I can only talk about with a more intimate group of listeners, and additional surprise bonus content so hot it makes even me blush. So when you finish this episode and you're still craving more, please allow me to satiate you. Just head over to thecuriousgirldiaries.com and click on exclusive or click on the link in the show notes. All right, on with the show. So what are some of the common mistakes men make when they're faced with ED? Well, the most common mistake is that when they find out, oh, I have ED, they're going to Google and they're going to start taking Viagra, right? The little blue pill or Tadalafil, which is Cialis, because they think they can treat themselves. And I equate that like if you find out you have high blood pressure or diabetes, you're going to just go on Google and try to treat yourself. You can probably, you know, go to online, you know, go to Canada, or go to Mexico and get medication, right? Well, but no, you can't do that. that that's why you, you, you got to figure out why you got to think first. Why am I having ED? Why are you having ED? So the most common mistake, and I, I have a free ebook that uh, I can give to your audience as a link to download the, the what I list the five common mistakes that men make when facing ED. It's, do not go to Google and try to uh, and take the ED medication. I'll tell you why. Because Viagra or Cialis will actually steal away the man's natural response to get an erection. Literally steal away. Because back again, how do you get an erection? The erection starts in your brain. Uh, how you generate an erection starts in your brain because you get aroused from the five senses that I mentioned before, the eyes, what you see, the, what you smell, what you taste, what you hear, and what you touch. Those five senses feed into the brain and the brain interact with the emotional state that you're in. So are you in a aroused state? Are you relaxed or are you depressed? Are you, are you anxious? And that feeds into it. And then the hormones gets released in your brain. All right, like hormone like testosterone, oxytocin, all that gets released, and it go down to the nerve right behind your your brainstem here, and the nerve send messages to the heart. The heart starts beating faster, that pumps out more blood, and then when the blood gets pumped out faster, the blood vessels have to relax or open up more to receive the uh, more blood coming out, and then that blood goes to the penis. The penis muscle has to be relaxed and also the blood vessels in the penis have to be opened up for you to receive the increasing blood flow. So there are six steps that involve, six systems, the brain, the emotion, 
the hormone, the nerve, the blood vessel, and the penis muscle. There are six steps, and they have to work in synchrony to for you to get an erection. But you know, Mother Nature and our Creator is just so unique in that we're able to do that within you know literally like a, a thirty second to a minute, right? And it, yeah. it has to be balanced and synchrony, as you know, with anything with multiple steps. What happens? It's easier to break down, right? It's easier yeah. to break down because there's multiple steps. So the question is, why does Viagra make your ED worse, and why does it steal away your erection? Because what Viagra does is that when you take it, it blocks the um, like a chemical called cyclic GMP, which is what is releasing the penis to open up the blood vessels and the penis. All right, and that's how it helps you get an erection. But it doesn't do anything for your arousal. Doesn't do anything for the blood vessels from your heart. It doesn't do anything for your hormone. Doesn't do anything for your brain or your state of mind at all. So it just goes straight to the penis muscle and increasing blood flow to the penis. That's how you get an erection. But what it does is that once you start taking it, you skip that one to five and go straight to the penis muscle. And what happened is that your body started to depend upon it in order for you to get an erection. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, your body started to depend upon it for you to get an erection. Next time you try to get an erection without Viagra, you're like, oh, it's not working. I need Viagra all the time. So it's I almost become a crutch. It becomes a crutch for the man to say, well, in order for me to, to perform, I need that Viagra. So you're adding something synthetic because Viagra is synthetic medication. Your body do not make Viagra, all right? You're adding something that is synthetic into a beautiful natural process of involving six systems working together like a domino effect. And then you, what do you do? You start to break down that domino effect but from the brain to the penis. So that's why it makes your erection worse. That's why people, it's almost like taking opioid pain medicine, like Oxycontin, Percocet for your pain, right? It may help short term, but it's not going to help you in the long term because you really have to find out, you have to find out why you're having ED. So that's the number one mistake. Do not take Viagra because you may get short term benefit, but in the long term, and then when I say that long term, it could be a, a year to three years, but after a while, guys, it doesn't work anymore. Because your body, it just doesn't work because the reason why you have ED in the first place, it hasn't been addressed. It's like you have, you have a hole in your house and you just put a carpet over it and just like, well, I just cover it up for now and it does the job. So that's the number one mistake. And the number two is that they don't look at what they're doing in everyday life. Like, for instance, uh, such changing things such as, well, maybe I need to stop a little bit or uh, stop eating red meat. For a while, because red meat is animal fat, and it it, it adds to more cholesterol. You got a lot of men. You got a lot of men upset right now, yes. Dr. Oh, well, my husband's very upset because he <laughs> loves a piece of steak. He loves that burger, and he eats it at, twice a day if he if I let him. But now, you know, you shouldn't be eating the red meat. The red meat is inflammatory, and just changing your diet, like instead of the red meat, try to eat more chicken. Do simple things. Start stop the red meat and maybe eat less uh, bread instead of eating a sandwich every day. Maybe eat a sandwich once a day. Just do little things like changing in your diet to have less carb, more lean meat. But things that like uh, lifestyle modification that can go a long way is get seven hours of sleep, 
stop smoking if you are smoking. If you are smoking, then you might as well say goodbye to your erection. Period. <laughs> it's it's it just it's just bad. Just your wieners goodbye, guys. They're they're yeah. not good. <laughs> or, and, and, well, yeah, and when I say smoking, I'm also saying vaping as well vaping, too. Yeah, yeah, it's also vaping as well. And then uh, simple things such as so I mentioned sleep and smoking, and the simple things like the diet as well. And just look at your weight, you know, guys. If you you know if you find out you have ED, step on the scale and enter in your weight. If your your BMI is over thirty. You know, just go on Google and just put that BMI. Here's my weight. I'll we'll, we'll calculate out your BMI for you. If your BMI is over 30, according to your height and your weight, then you need to start probably losing, you know, about 10 to 20 pounds. That will go a long way as well. What about the nitric oxide treatments that you mentioned on your website? Right. So the nitrous oxide treatment, it's uh, so nitrous oxide. Let's get back to nitrous oxide, the gas that we produce that is essential for the blood vessel in our body. The blood vessel in our body will open up to get more blood flow if nitrous oxide is being produced. And it's being produced actually at the lining of the blood vessel. All right? So hear me here that we need nitrous oxide in order to get more blood flow. And we produce it by two ways, by what you eat. If you eat green leafy vegetables, that's what helps us make more blood nitrous oxide like a kale, spinach, collard green, cabbage, all right, arugula, and beets, beet. All of that will help us make more nitrous oxide. Uh, however, when you eat it, if the, the saliva in your mouth it doesn't have bacteria in it, because our saliva actually have bacteria to help us actually digest our food. However, if you take a Z-Pak or an antibiotic, or if you do mouthwash, that will kill the bacteria in your mouth. And when you eat the kale, it needs the bacteria in your mouth to process it, to make it into nitrite. All right. So it goes down to your stomach and then your yeah. stomach converted to nitrous oxide and your stomach needs to exit in it to get nitrous oxide. So you take an antacid such as Nexium or Protonic that will lower the acid content. Therefore, you make less nitrous oxide. So nitric oxide, it gets formed in your mouth and then in your stomach and it opens up the blood vessel. However, like I, the factors I mentioned before, you're using mouthwash or you take an antibiotic that decreases the bacteria in your mouth. If you take an antacid for GERD or, and for, you know, an ulcer that we lose it. Yeah. So that, that decreases the, the amount of nitrous oxide that you can produce in your body from food. So therefore, a lot of us are nitrous oxide uh, deficient, even myself. And there's a way that we can measure it. There's a strip that uh, you just measure through your saliva and you dab it on the strip and it tells you what your levels of nitrous oxide is. And then because it's so hard for us to, especially for men, I know my husband's not a big vegetable guy. We're talking about getting nitrous oxide from arugula, kale, and beet. And, you know, he, he hears that and he wants to puke. You know, he's not going to eat that. So there's <laughs> ways now of getting the nitrous oxide as a supplement through either a capsule or a powder that I have in my store that you take one, uh, one scoop a day or one pill a day, and that will be enough of nitrous oxide that you need for your daily need, which is for uh, 400 milligrams of nitrous oxide. And be really careful about which nitrous oxide supplement that you get online or Google. There's a lot of copycat out there 
that will try to sell you that, but it's not a pure component because you need to take the component of nitrous oxide that is coming from beets rather than from L-arginine or L-citrulline. So you see a lot of, uh, okay. of stuff that said, oh, take L-arginine, L-citrulline, it'll increase your nitrous oxide. Not necessarily. You definitely need to take the nitrous oxide in its pure form. Okay. Now let's quickly jump to women. I saw there's some interesting, you know, treatment options on your website for female sexual health issues. Yes. What is an O-shot? Right. So an O-shot is where I uh, get your own stem cell from your blood. I get your blood. It's the same way, you know, you go to the, blood, you go to the lab and they draw your blood out. I get out about a glass, um, a wine glass full, uh, like two ounces of your blood which is half a glass of wine, actually, two ounces. And we isolate out the platelets, which is in your blood. And the platelets are the, are the stem cell that actually, when injected into the vagina, rejuvenate and regenerate the vagina tissue. So what it does, uh, how it rejuvenates is that it increases more blood flow to the vagina and the clitoris. So we inject it in the clitoris and the G-spot in the vagina area and the muscle in the vagina and what it does is it make bring more blood flow to the clitoris and the vagina and the end point you get more sensation and then when you have more sensation more blood flow more better orgasm and better lubrication in fact it is the best treatment for women that has breast cancer that cannot be in hormone replacement therapy that has uh, vaginal dryness from chemotherapy treatment or is the best treatment for a lady that has pain in the vagina from either um, va- uh, birth, giving birth, or a trauma down there. So it actually rege- uh, make the muscle stronger. How soon after getting the injections will you feel the effects? And how long does it last? Yeah, three weeks. You'll, you'll feel the onset of the effect in about three weeks. And it lasts for about a year. Or so, but if you continue to do Kegel exercises and keep your weight, you know, at an optimal level, then it should last maybe one and a half to two years. For myself, I get an O shot almost every year, and because if I don't, and sometimes I'll, if I exercise, do jumping jacks, uh, I'll leak a little bit more. But if you get an O shot, it'll make that vagina going from pruny to nice and young, vitalized and plush and, and pink. I like this. Yeah. So you don't want to have a pruny vagina. No. Uh, it's, it's, it's the Cadillac. You want like, yeah, you want to get it all tuned up and, you know, right. performing. And yeah. I when, when I say the word prune, every, every, all women like, oh, my God, I want to be pruny. You, you want to be like a watermelon, nice and smooth and you know, plush like a peach, you know, and pink. What is your shockwave therapy? Yeah. So shockwave therapy is a machine that we use that uses sound wave energy. It's almost like the machine that if you have ever had like a kidney stone and you go get the kidney stone blasted so it you can pass it. Well, it uses sound wave energy and that energy is put into the muscle, either the penis muscle or the vagina muscle. And again, what it does is stimulate more blood flow by using sound wave energy and it also strengthens the muscle as well. So we use that in combination with the old shot. Uh, to, again, make the muscle down there tighter, younger, 
and increasing blood flow. So the main point always is increasing blood flow, increasing blood flow. Yes. And then the BHRT for women? Right. The BHRT for women is that uh, women in about their really early 40s starting to notice that their libido is less, uh, they have less vaginal lubrication, they're more moody, they feel like PMSing all the time, they have a hard time uh, losing weight, they have a hard time sleeping. That's early sign of menopause. And BHRT means bio-identical uh, hormone replacement therapy. Women have need three hormones. They need estrogen, they need progesterone, and they need testosterone. So testosterone hormone help with libido, help with arousal, orgasm, and help with maintaining your muscles. And it help with actually protective of your cardiac health after you turn 50. And progesterone, it's almost like the, your mood. It helps with your mood, stabilizes your mood. And then estrogen, it helps with your heart protection, but it helps with blood flow problem. Like, you know, a, a women that is in menopause, meaning that you have less estrogen, uh, tend to have a hot flash and night sweat. And those are all blood flow, kind of like the blood flow being out of control. Like it's like your body lost the control of the temperature in your body and the blood flow. That's why you have the, the sweatiness and the hot flashes. So if you get your hormones replaced, of all three of those hormones replaced, to a level when you're in your 30s, early 30s, it calms down all those symptoms. So my whole point here, and I hope your audience hears this, is that women, if you are in your 40s and you're starting to have these symptoms, Know that there is help. There are treatment for this. Do not live with this. You don't have to live with pain in the vagina. You don't have to live with pain when you have intercourse. You don't have to live with hot flashes, night sweat, and insomnia. That's all part of the presentation of menopause. Seek help from a doctor that can uh, specialize in hormone replacement therapy. Your primary care doctor probably wouldn't be able to do that. And you just need to get blood work to evaluate your blood levels and uh, get a mammogram and a pap smear and go see a doctor. And it can be easily treated. I myself was treated for it uh, when I was about 50. And it's a life changing for me. I, when I first had uh, menopause, I couldn't remember uh, words. I'll be talking to you, and I literally will not even remember my age or my name. And I couldn't remember how to spell certain words, like the word world. <laughs> I, I didn't know what it started with an R. Or what. <laughs> I'm not in menopause yet, but I think I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm closer than I realize. I'm like, huh, some of this sounds familiar. Like, I can't remember stuff. I've really... Well, exactly. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to the room to get something. When you go to the room, yes. you're like, what do I do? What, what am I supposed to Why do? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah. Like, literally... 10 seconds later, I'm like, why did I get up to come in here? What am I doing? And I have to go back out and then I go, oh yeah, okay, yeah. And then I can turn back around and remember. That's hilarious. Yes. Hey, I was so my one of my last and final questions is I know, you know, this goes on a lot with committed between committed partners. One of the partners is having, you know, is having a sexual health issue. What do you recommend? What's the best way to bring this up to your if it's your partner? that's experiencing it and you're sort of, you know, receiving the negative effects of that. All right. So you're talking about how a woman talked to a man 
if if she noticed it. Uh, Either way, how yeah, how can how can people bring this up to their partners in a non-threatening, you know, helpful way so they don't get shut down if they if they're seeing these things in their partner? Uh, absolutely. So you come from from a space of being non-judgmental, and you come from a space of caring. Uh, and how that is, is that you presented, you know, I love you, you know, I love you and I enjoy being with you and I enjoy our emotional and our physical connection. And you come from a point of support and openness and safety, non-judgmental. And you can, you know, and you talk about if there's anything that we can do to enhance our sex life, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And then you talk about yourself. So, you know, I enjoy having sex with you. And I'm noticing that, you know, I could use a little, you know, you start with yourself, you know, use a little, maybe we can, we can, you know, do this more and, and then start that conversation for us. What, like, what can we do together to enhance our sexual experience? So that way the man doesn't get put down. That there's anything wrong with him. You come from a point, this is what I'm feeling. And this is what I'm feeling. I love you. You know, I would do anything that is needed. Let's work on how we can make this experience better. And for and perhaps he will feel like he won't feel threatened at all. And that you you would open up and then you just say, I'm here, you know, let's work on this together. Let's work this, uh, let's support each other. I'm here to support you and I want to work with this together. Because we know that one of the treatment for men with ED is to have a supportive partner. So if the partner is supportive as he's going through his ED, then, you know, he'll recover much, much better. Yeah, and that, it's not the way to say to tell the man you don't get it fixed. Our relationship's over. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't want to. No. You no, don't want to present it like yeah. Yeah, you don't no, want to present no. it like that. You know, because yeah. that can create more anxiety for him as well too. Now, so you have so much content and resources out there. Tell everybody where they can find you. Right. So the best way is uh, they can find me is I'll go on my website at. Uh, www.trungrehab.com is spelled T-R-U-O-N-G-R-E-H-A-B. And that's where I uh, you can get the link to my free ebook on the five common mistakes uh, men make when facing ED. But please, uh, if you can put that link on uh, the show note, that would be uh, great. I will put all the I put all your links yeah. on the show notes. And because uh, because I want your listener to get something out of this, and in that yeah. ebook, it will talk about all the common mistakes that you can make and that things that you can do right now to start fixing your ED. So I give Perfect. you the things you shouldn't do and things you should be doing now. So if you start instituting some of that, you may even see some changes within two to three weeks, honestly. And that's the best way or they connect. They can connect with me to YouTube. I'm actually on YouTube uh, a lot uh, at Dr. Ann Trung, D-R-A-N-N-E-T-R-U-O-N-G. I have all tons of content on my YouTube as well as my on my podcast channel, Sexual Health for Men wherever the they platform they use for their podcast. So my goal is to educate and put a lot of good, reliable research uh, content out there to educate because I want to take all the difficult conversation from the bedroom to have that open discussion like we did today on such important issue 
It is important. And, and, and but it's it's very it's a mis is a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of myth, right? And you don't discuss you nobody teaches you this in school. Uh, certainly not right. from your parents, and sometimes not from your friends, right? Right. So yeah, so I'm I'm glad to be here. Yes, thank you, thank you so much. And guys, Dr. Truong has graciously given a coupon code if you guys want to go to her website and get some nitric oxide treatments. You can use the code CuriousGirl10 and get 10% off your supplement order on her store on her website. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. You guys know what my favorite thing to do is. I'd love you to go to my website. Just leave me a voicemail. We can talk about anything you want. Leave me comments, questions about this episode or anything else. You've got five minutes. Let it rip. Just go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com. Click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. I get back to each and every one of you personally, and I love hearing from you. All right, everyone. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.